0: This episode of the Fitcast is brought to you by Pedestal Footwear, the company that has engineered the ultimate sock for people that like to train. Go check them out at pedestalfootwear.com, buy 2 pairs and get free shipping. Hello, welcome back to the Thick Ass. My name is Kevin Larrabee, and back on the show, this is three times in like wow, three months or something like that. Uh, that is Chris Scott Dixon, our precision nutrition. Chris, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, thanks. How are you doing?
0: Uh, I'm doing fantastic because uh, you know we get to talk again, and this is this is like the I, I don't know like the best way to put this, but like leading up to episode 400, I wanted to get on you know the people that you know, I think have been really influential in, in terms of the show and, and things like that over the last couple of months. And obviously we did like, what did we talk for like three hours the first time we chatted? <laughs>
1: that was something like that. Yeah.
0: I think, I think there was a bathroom break in there somewhere, but, um, yeah, it was for, for about three hours and the, the reception from that was, was fantastic. And, you know, I think this is, this is an important, thing to bring up for the discussion, but um after that, and it's been about I think it's been about uh eight or nine weeks since then, um, I actually hired you as a as a what would you call it, like a nutrition coach?
1: Yeah, a nutrition coach is probably the best descriptor, I would say.
0: Yeah, and uh it I, I want to talk a little bit about that briefly because it kind of got into some of like this this you know blog post that I'm doing uh too because when And and this is in that post, but like when we kind of set that up, we we had that discussion of like, all right, yeah, coaches, coaching coaches. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's like the 15th time like that's been brought up and I still don't, you know, I still don't refer out to have people program for me or, you know, same thing like with nutrition stuff. Like that's something that we as fitness professionals or people that like if you're listening to this, you might also be like me where I kind of put it where like I know too much. Um, like I almost know like what I could possibly get away with. I know how to justify things for myself and, um, like I have too much information to kind of really go down one particular path because I'll like, I'm like a dog. Like if someone throws a tennis ball and it looks appealing, I'm going to go after that tennis ball. So, um, I hired you and we started chatting and can I be real? I don't think we've talked about this in those calls, but, um, like I, I I we like I understand like this this idea of mindfulness is super important, but for for me and like this has come up a little bit. It's like all right, well when when we let's talk about some calories.
1: <laughs> what what are,
0: what's, what's my macro breakdown for my <laughs> lifting days or something like that? You know, um, and damn, has this not been the most valuable time and money that I've ever spent to help? help myself like personally and professionally. It's just been an incredible experience so far.
1: Wow. Cool. Good to know. And I think your reaction is so common, right? We're always like, okay, when are we going to get to the real stuff? Right. Like, let's, let's dispense with all this hippie crap or, you know, like, or all, you know, I'll I, I, don't yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to put it that way, but you know, I don't <laughs> believe in it.
0: Right. I mean, that, that's kind of like how it was, was like, um, all right, well, Yeah, you know, I get it. I I should, I should be doing a little bit more, you know, mindfulness. I should be listening to what my body and my mind are are trying to tell me and saying when I'm making these decisions, but. Like, I just, just tell, just give me like the playbook, just tell me what plays to run and let me, let me run them. And obviously like, that's not something that has worked incredibly well for me and for a lot of people in the past. And that must be like what you guys have been seeing with PN is like, you know, it's not just about giving people, you know, a breakdown of things you actually need to kind of, you know, what you've been bringing up a lot in our talks is like digging, digging a little bit deeper and seeing what's like really going on.
1: Well, yeah, and there's that. And there's also building the foundation. Right. And so it's not that very specific do this recommendations don't have their place. It's actually it's almost flipped. Right. So people are beginners or they're starting out and they assume that that's when they should get the specific recommendations. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's actually the opposite. I would give a specific recommendation to someone who was a high level athlete and needed, you know, and, and had practiced the skills and done their drills and done all, you know, had all their right. foundation in place. Um, And then had a very particular need for something like a weight cut or a competition nutrition plan or something like that. And so specificity or like a macronutrient breakdown or or some very closely calibrated energy intake is actually the tip of the pyramid. And most people never really need to get there. And I think that's kind of a good thing in certain ways, because once you do specific stuff for a while you kind of just want to break. Like it's not a sustainable practice, especially at the high level of um, detail that you would need for someone mm-hmm. who's an elite athlete. So it is funny kind of the way we imagine things to work, right? Well, yeah. It, it,
0: I, again, I kind of like went into this, like I want to just, and and you've learned this about me now after talking for, you know, whatever, you know, eight, eight, 10 hours or something like that is like, I am, I'm somewhat of an impatient person. Uh, I'm a little bit of a, I guess it's like ready, fire, aim kind of person. <laughs> and uh I, I like to I like to just like, all right, well, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you know, I, I think that maybe the best thing that I did is like, you know, using you as a coach and, and hiring you was was super valuable because like I went into this like knowing, all right, well, we've talked for three hours. Like I I like where she's going and you know, I trust her. I've been reading your stuff for years, I know I know kind of like where you're coming from with this. I just need to let go. I need to let go and just let – like like soak it all in kind of and just kind of see where you want it to to, to go with this. And I don't know. Like it might come up a little bit throughout the, the chat, but um, – like, wow, like we've been able to dig not like one layer deeper, but like I feel like we're kind of peeling this thing off a little bit more every single week and figuring out <laughs> what the hell is going on with me. But um, has this been like kind of a similar thing for for most of the people that that you've worked with?
1: Yeah, definitely. And for the listeners, I'll I'll give the metaphor that I gave you. If, yeah. you, if you've seen this film, The Hurt Locker, I think it's such a, a beautiful yeah. image of this. Like the, the so, so in the Hurt Locker, there's a guy who's like a bomb diffuser, and he he finds this IED and he's kind of working around it and he's pulling up the wires. And he and he thinks in the beginning, like, okay, this is cool. I got the bomb, right? And then he starts pulling on the wires and on the threads. And you see in this shot, like all of a sudden, one thread is connected to another thread and another thread, and he pulls. Up this entire web of bombs and IEDs, right? And this is moment of like, oh my God, I thought it was just one thing and now it's a bunch of stuff and Mm -hmm. everything is connected. And that's not to say that what lies in wait for us is like terrible, (laughs) you know, or explosive, but it's definitely the case that when you pull on a thread, it's connected to so many other things. Now, that being said, I mean, I think it does require a huge amount of courage and faith and trust, as you say. To even be able to go there, right? You know, mm-hmm. some people will just stop short and say, No, no, that's good, I don't I don't need to go anymore with you, right? And so I think you know, your experience is actually a really amazing demonstration of the fact that it takes a huge amount of courage to trust someone and to put your faith in that person. Um, and that's true whether you're a nutrition coach, whether you're a sports coach. You know, I mean if you're an athlete, you might have had the experience where your coach says to you, okay, take everything you knew about how to play this sport or do this activity, and we're gonna rip it apart and I'm gonna destroy it. I'm gonna give you something new. And it's really freaky, and you have to be able to trust that coach to be able to move forward with them. So it does take a lot of guts, I have to say, on the part of the client. Well, it's.
0: I mean, how I'm I'm kind of curious if if you do have any, um, you know, recommendations or um, you know, suggestions, tips, and tricks uh, for for coaches that are out there that are are trying to get that buy in from from clients, but having a hard time because I'm guessing. Uh, the, you have definitely run into people that are, are a little bit harder to, to get that buy-in from.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and not everyone is going to trust you right away. And I think in a way for a coach, you might even feel like, what's wrong with you client? Like, don't mm. you know that I'm awesome? <laughs> right. Um, and of course trust has to be earned and you can think of it almost like this, um, these two axes of like challenge and support. And so challenge can go up. As support goes up. So you really have to begin building that base of support and rapport. Like you have to be Mm. able to connect with your clients. And so you maybe have to accept that there could be a period during which you and your client are just kind of feeling things out. And it's your job as a coach to reiterate that support, reiterate that. Basis for their buy-in, right? Like you have to give them a reason to trust you. You can't just show up and be like, hey, guess what? I'm coach awesome and you should do what I say. Why should they do what you say, (laughs) right? And I think the way that you came to me is a really good example of one pathway to legitimacy, which is that someone can build a profile over years and years and years. And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, people have been in the field for a long time, know this. Uh, I think Dan John is such a great example of that. I was reading his stuff, 20 years ago. Uh, and he's put in that work to become legitimate and trusted. Uh, John Berardi is another great example. I mean, mm-hmm. he was writing decades ago. So it's like, it is a long-term process of building that legitimacy. Now, you know, if you're not a writer, if that's not your thing. Legitimacy is also built through social proof. And so, you know, you have one client, you make them happy. The client goes out and says to someone else, man, you should meet my coach. They're terrific." and i'm like, hmm, you know, that that i trust you, you're my brother, my sister, my coworker, whatever, i will trust your recommendations. so, but it really is a long process both in terms of working with individual clients to build the trust and then across your career, you know, the long term building that trust and legitimacy and respectability. Um, and it, you know, it's also a good thing to think about for coaches who are just starting out and maybe tempted to do something that's like a get rich quick or something mm-hmm. sleazy or, you know, cause once you lose credibility, it doesn't come back or it doesn't come back very quickly. Right. right. So it's like this bank account that you have to keep making deposits into.
0: Is, it, is there like a certain like time period that you like to have locked in for a client that you're going to work with? Like, you know, I think for, you know, even for me, like, I feel like we, we really, like, we kind of took like four weeks for me to kind of really, kind of like open up and, and really get get not necessarily like the buy it in, but like really kind of hit the ground running and things started like making a lot more sense for me. So when you're working with people, is there like a required like, all right, well let's just make sure we do a minimum of four weeks because one week like I can help you, I can give you some ideas, but we're not really gonna make sure that these things stick without kind of going for, you know, three, four, even even longer.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, there's obviously a reason in PN coaching why we do a year, and and really people don't even start warming up until the three month mark. I I would say the minimum is probably twelve weeks, Mm. um, you know, at at a at a baseline, and and of course every client kind of has their own way of doing things, right? It could be you meet with a client once every two weeks, and things unfold. A little more slowly, mm-hmm. um, but in general, the timescale has to be months. I would say it really cannot be getting warmed up. <laughs> right, um, twelve weeks. Yeah, okay, you're starting to get somewhere. So it really is a long term process. And I mean, of course, one of the challenges is helping clients understand this too. But I think if you're skilled about it and give people the sense of the possibilities and and the future and the pull of the future. I think most people will see like, Oh hey, the more I keep doing this, the more cool stuff awaits this This
0: is kind of like one of those it depends answer or questions, I guess, but uh maybe loaded question, but I mean we've talked a lot about uh you and I've talked a lot about travel for myself because I, this is the summer is my super, super busy time where I'm traveling like almost every other weekend and going to events and certifications and stuff like that. So um, I, I was wondering, how do you like in general, like to approach upcoming travel f- with clients because that is something that can pull people completely off the rails They so use it as like, all right, well, I'm on vacation. So I'm also on a vacation from, you know, my my current nutrition and, and things like that.
1: Mm Hmm. And this is so timely because actually I I was literally having this conversation with my nutrition coach yesterday because I'm going away uh, in a few days, and so I was saying to him like, "Okay, let's come up with a game plan." So, I mean, the the it's depend it depends is sort of like you know what is a client ready, willing, and able to do, right? Mm -hmm. But I think in general. The, the way you want to have the conversation is to talk about a game plan, right? Mm-hmm. So what's your objective on this particular trip? Um, what are the resources that you have available to you? For example, are you going to be in an apartment? Will you be in a hotel? Where is the hotel? Where are the grocery stores? Where are the gyms, right? So like first helping client clients brainstorm, what resources are available to you? Because I think one of the problems in, in uh, going through situations is that we often feel like we have fewer resources than we do, exactly. right? Cause our first impression is like, Oh God, I'm going to be stuck here and it's going to be crappy and whatever, whatever. And, but when the coach starts to say, no, look, you've got this and you've got this and you've got this, it starts to seem way more manageable and you start to think like, oh, actually I could do that. So um, so coming up with a game plan that really starts from the perspective of what are your advantages? What are your superpowers? Maybe you're like a, an incredibly organized person. Maybe you have a car. Maybe you can get places. Maybe you're you know, in a city where there's lots of stuff within a close walkable distance, right? So <laughs> you kind of start with the brainstorm of like, what are all the reasons why this would work well? Rather than starting from the perspective of, like, okay, what are all the reasons why this isn't going to work well? And then you can talk about trade offs. Like, maybe this is the vacation where you just want to go and let your hair down hmm. and you're perfectly prepared to accept the consequences of coming back two weeks later with like a massive hangover and you know, whatever <laughs> else has happened to you, right? Um, so I think a, a really grown up conversation about trade offs is important. Um, and then some strategizing around common obstacles because very few things are unexpected, like truly unexpected. Like, okay, my plane crashing on a desert Island. Oh, I didn't expect that. Right. Mm. But long lines and delays and weird times, like getting in late at night or early in the morning, all these things I can expect. So you can kind of brainstorm, like what's expected, what's unexpected. Um, and for the things that are generally expected, what can we do about them? Um, and, and, you know, generally there's more options than you think. Like, uh, even if you don't have a car, I've often found in many American cities, if you're prepared to walk a mile or two along roads that aren't the greatest, <laughs> you can actually find some grocery stores. Like, I remember one time I got stuck in L.A. Um, and, like, literally stuck there. Like, I, I messed up my flights and I was stuck there for a couple of days. And I was in this crap motel, like, literally in the middle of nowhere. It was just such a, a, a total screw up. And I thought, okay, here I am. I have my laptop so I can work. Um, what do I have around me? And, you know, immediately around me, there was nothing. There was parking lots and used car places. But within about a mile mile and a half there was a whole foods Mm -hmm. and so that became the center of my existence every single day i would walk to that whole foods like you know climb over the highway overpass (laughs) sort of thing um so i think you really want to start with a basic attitude of resourcefulness Mm -hmm. and and you know call it the game plan what's your goal how do you want to get to the goal what are you willing to trade off what resources do you have available and what will your opponent throw at you Um, So all of those things I think are are helpful. And just understanding every trip will not be the same. You know, some trips you can and will and should have it completely dialed in. Other trips you may just want to be like, you know what, I just need a break Mm -hmm. from thinking about all this stuff. You know, I have vacations like that too where I'm like, I just don't care about working out on this trip. And that's cool. You know, as long as that's a conscious choice.
0: Totally. I I think... I mean, that some of those discussions have been the the most important for, for me, not just like, and th- th- like, this is a couple of things that I like, I hate. And people like I, I mentioned, I love the summer and I love going to the Perform Better Summits, but I hate flying. I hate the stress of, and this happened not two weeks ago when I woke up literally to this day, two weeks ago from this, this morning, I had to move our flights to 6am because of terrible weather and of course, I set my alarm for 340. My phone decided, hey, all we're going to do is A, my phone fell on the floor and B, it was like on vibrate. So <laughs> uh, it did not wake me up. And then I woke up at like 420. I think I woke up for a 6 a.m. flight when the airport's about 45 minutes away to the parking garage. Um, and then, you know, you got to go from that garage into the airport. So I, I almost gave up. I was just like, there's no way I'm making this flight and I'm not going to get in today because there's." Terrible thunderstorms in Chicago for the whole day. That's why we moved up our flights, and like that was just like stress on top of stress. And like eventually getting there and like being able to hit the reset button was was super huge for me. Like again, it was the mindfulness. It was like, all right, it's okay. Or even like, hey, it's okay. Like even if you don't get there today, you can take the first flight out in the morning tomorrow, and you're still going to get there on time for what you need to do tomorrow. Um, like all these things. Are not the the end of the world. So I've been able to do my best to prepare myself to enjoy travel, you know, get spend the 50 bucks, get extra leg room, get get it so you can board a couple minutes early, so you can make sure you have like overhead space wars. Is (laughs) is it's a it's a real thing. It happened last week where people were moving other people's stuff and people had to get up and say, You you cannot move my bag. Um
1: It was (laughs)
0: And that's the thing is like I get on the plane, I put on my headphones, I listen to music on my phone and I look down. I don't want to see what any, anything else is going on. I don't want to see the awkward moments between people when they look at their you know baggage and try to jam it and like potentially break someone else's stuff that's up there. But um, yeah, like, I mean, the things that we, we were talking about is really, for me, one of my biggest hiccups was coming back from travel even more so than on the travel itself, because like, I'm really good at game planning for the travel, like preparing, like making sure I bring protein powder or bring, you know, protein bars and have, uh, you know, my like fish oil and and multivitamins and all this stuff. But it was when I would come home and it would almost be like a, like a big deep breath and like, all right, now screw all this. I can relax. Okay, let's see. Let's let's stop someplace on the way home and get something good to eat because man, work is done. Like these are work trips. So, um that has been really valuable for me and it's not been 100% success, but we've tried to put in, you know, game plans like all right, you know that next morning if you take a red eye it's going to be terrible. Let's just make sure we like for me, like I wanted to do two scoops of protein because if I get two scoops of protein powder again, not the best breakfast, sure, but it allows me to have a really good start to the day. It fills me up and it starts me off on a a good uh, food choice. Where otherwise, like I could potentially make a bad food choice, and you know, like if you make that bad decision at the start of the day, you're just gonna be like, oh, this is me. The day is over. Like who cares? Like if I make bad food choices the rest of the day." Um, so that's been really, uh, beneficial, but I don't know, like what what are the biggest things like outside of travel that you see trip people up, like trip up, you know, clients with their nutrition. I know travel can be a, a really big one, but are there any that come to the, the top of your head that are like, yeah, these are the things where, you know, 50% of the people like always trip up when this event comes up or when this thing happens?
1: I, you know, I think there are specific ones that I could come up with, but I think, Um, what's more interesting, especially from what you're saying, is that it's really not always specific things so much as it is particular patterns of thinking and feeling. Right. Um, And so, like, one thing I loved in what you talked about is this idea of, like, in this situation, I felt this and then I would do that. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, that linkage, like that chain of events, Operates below their conscious awareness. So they'll do stuff and not know what happened. Like, I don't know what happens. Every time I go see my mom, I lose it at her house and eat mm. whatever. Like for me, family gatherings are a big one, right? Cause it's like family craziness plus tons of food plus we all love to eat and there's no shut off switch, right? right? So, so that's kind of a chain of events. But, um, so the specifics are kind of less important than this sort of A, B, C, chain of things. And so really, um, the place to begin is to kind of, you know, when you have these moments that you're just not happy with for whatever reason, whether that's you skip a workout or you drink too much or you eat too much or whatever, to kind of start with that incident and then look like reason backwards a little bit and say, okay, okay. Uh, I, I overate in situation a, as well as situation B. And those two things were different but let me see if I can work backwards and see if they have common themes to them, right? Mm. So one of the common themes that came out for you was uh, this concept of, and I just love the term, the victory lap, right? So like yeah, you, you've exactly. held it together until you don't have to anymore. And then it's like, oh, unbutton the pants, let the hair down, you know, just like, oh, just and like this it's relief, like, right? And this
0: is like the weird thing. Like I do the inverse of what most fitness professionals do at these events. Like most fitness professionals, this is their almost like it's like a group relaxation where everyone goes out and they, they order, you know, the desserts or they order like the the things that would probably not be in their regular meal plan. You know, there's there's alcohol and stuff like that. So uh, for, for me, but like, obviously, like when I'm, I obviously know how I function best and it's when I'm still like sticking to that, you know, making good, you know, nutrition choices and, and not drinking too much because I'm working at a booth. Like I need to talk to people for, literally eight hours a day so i need to be in the best possible position so yeah like that victory lap was like I did it. I I successfully did what, you know, I I set out to do and now like, screw it. Like I'm going to relax for the rest of the day or, you know, for the day after I get back or something like that.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think what you're saying too, is this really important lesson and it's going to be different for every person, but what keeps you on track? Like what are your motivations Mm. for staying on track? Some, for some people it's social pressure um, versus what causes you to become uninhibited? Like what, what snaps the leash off the dog right? and gives you that screw it moment? And um, I'm very similar to you in the sense that I will hold it together beautifully in a, you know, in a work situation or a crisis. Like I'm the person you want in any kind of crisis situation. Mm-hmm. I will be handling it beautifully. But the second that pressure passes, I'm just like, blah. Right? Right. It is that like release, like, oh, my God, I don't have to be the grown up anymore. I, I don't totally want to be- <laughs> hear you. Yeah. <laughs> And and so it's really helpful to look at these situations where you do where you either do what you do want or do what you don't want. You know, because I think both of those are helpful to know, especially to look at the situations in which you're doing your best self, in which you're doing your best job. Well, what makes that possible too? Mm. Right? What are the motivations there? And you can begin to build up this picture of yourself. Like, okay, this motivates me to act this way in this situation. This Mm -hmm. motivates me to act in that way in that situation. And so once you – and this is where a lot of the the mindfulness work comes in. Once you surface the patterns, then you can work with them. But it's really hard to do it if you don't see the patterns because then every situation feels like its own unique thing. Mm -hmm. When it's generally not, there's usually some kind of underlying – logic to it, whether that's a time of day, whether that's a situation, whether that's a particular environment, whether that's a feeling. Um, so there's almost always something connecting things together. And I mean, there's, there is common ones like travel is a common one. Um, stress is huge. I mean, people don't become themselves when they're, when they're under stress. Uh, loss of sleep is another huge one. Like I was thinking the other day, I was like, I had a a not great sleep one night. I am the biggest, cry baby if I don't get my sleep. Like I just, I suck as a human being. I, <laughs> my sleep. I can't function. I can't make decisions. Like I'm just terrible. So I, w- I would fail any kind of job, like an emergency room doctor where I couldn't get my sleep, you know?
0: Yeah. How do those surgeons like do it for 36 hours straight? I don't know. How... Well, they don't really,
1: that's the problem, right? <sighs> <laughs> Performance degrades hugely. And exactly. the same is true, like in the military or, you know, any kind of job where you, where you have to be awake, there's really, it's, it's really just a bad idea to make humans not get their sleep. So um, that's a really common trigger for a lot of people. And um, particular emotional states, I think, are very, very common triggers. And one of the problems there is that often we don't realize that we're feeling those emotions, right? We're just acting. We're like, I don't know what's happening right now, but mm-hmm. all I want to know, all I know is that I want to mate with a burrito, right? right. Um, and so also part of that mindfulness work is connecting us to ourselves because we've almost become like dissociated from ourselves, whether kind of literally or figuratively. Mm -hmm. Um, And we often don't know what we're feeling. All we know is that we're acting. And I mean, philosophers have always debated, like how much free will do we have? And a lot of research is coming out saying we really don't have as much free will as we think in the sense of, you know, consciously deciding to do something and then doing it. Mm -hmm. It's generally much more automatic, usually based on some kind of, Um, environmental cue or um, some kind of habit or some kind of physical sensation or some kind of emotion. So most of our actions are actually not really driven by the conscious, logical, you know, grown-up reasoning brain. So the mindfulness helps us surface like what's actually going on here and what is the, the chain of events that led to this outcome.
0: Go rewind 60 seconds and listen to that again because that was the thing that I thought I could outsmart. Um and I thought that I didn't need to do this stuff because no, like I know what I need to do. It's just you know willpower or something like that, or it's like I need to do it. But it was it really the thing that clicked for me was that that mindfulness, that kind of like the mind body scans that we did. Is like all right, well here's the deal. Uh, I just came back from a you know a six hour flight. It's eight thirty in the morning. I just took a red eye. I feel. Like garbage, um, you know. I got to, I get to do some grocery shopping on the way home for the for the you know the week that's coming up. So now I'm going to look around and I'm probably going to pick up some things that are not necessarily the best thing possible because my energy is really low. I, I didn't sleep on the flight, and um, you know, but what I did, even if that stuff came up, is I at least tried to use those. And you know, part of it, like what we talked about. Uh, when we when we've chatted is like you know part of it might have been you know this is going to be a justification for what I'm doing, but I would use it as an opportunity to get some data. Like I would think, all right, mm-hmm. well, okay, I'm going to do this, but why am I going to do this? Like why why am I going to go grab? And this is people won't believe this if you like this stuff, but I've just recently found out what Ben and Jerry's half baked ice cream is. So like my weekly like treat has been like at the end of the week I'm going to get Ben and Jerry's. Uh, half-baked because, yeah, you guys are right. Like, it's probably the greatest thing on this planet outside of, um, you know, the 1996 Chicago Bowl. So <laughs> I, I, I knew I was going to go pick that up, but I made sure I thought, all right, I'm going to pick it up. You know why am I doing this do I, do I need this? Do I need this? Is this something that i 'm just using as a reward? Like am I justifying this? And then, when I got home, like I did one of the things that we talked about. maybe I think it was what something that we talked about in one of the previous episodes, but like I literally took so long to eat the damn thing like it was basically melted uh, you know as like I was kind of going through it because I was making sure i was I was doing something else like I would have a scoop, and I would just like i wouldn 't like eat it. I would just kind of like let it just chill out and um like that was really kind of like important to know that a i could slow down and like b like why why am i doing this and to be able to recognize that um that kind of signal the next time that it happened and think all right well i had that signal last week um i knew what the outcome was and like another thing that we talked about and i apologize for rambling but this is kind of like hopefully it's working out in terms of good information for people is that um i also Uh, Made sure like, all right, well, if I'm ever going to do this stuff, like I can't let it interfere with like social things or the work that I'm doing. So I need to be able to have this ice cream and not feel like, man, I'm going to go take a nap. Um, And I felt like I could just my work suffered. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I have to make sure I realize that because I don't want my work to suffer. I'm working on some really important stuff that needs my full attention, and if I'm not having optimal brain chemistry, that's not going to make my life any easier because it still needs to get done. Um, so, like all these little things have been like the pieces that have been coming together for for me that have made things a lot easier. And uh, I mean, hopefully, that is connecting with the people listening and, and letting you realize, like, yeah, you totally are going to want to use these exercises to your benefit. Don't think that you're better than the exercises because I can guarantee you, unless you're some kind of crazy outlier, you're not.
1: Well, and I love how you said, I thought I could outsmart it. And the way I would look at that is like, look, your human brain, like the the thinky brain, the (laughs) frontal cortex is way late to the party from an evolutionary standpoint. So your your body was around way before your brain was, right? Mm -hmm. Especially those higher order brain functions. And so it's like you cannot outsmart your body at its own game. It's got millions of years of evolution on your brain. And so like your brain, of course, is a little egocentric. The thinky brain, it thinks it's pretty smart, but like... I think we vastly overestimate our own capacity to think about things. The Mm -hmm. body will always win. In the end, and and we should sort of treat it as like a valued partner and a valued source of information. And um and I and I and again, there's a lot of research coming out about this idea of embodied consciousness. For example, that mm. you know we've had this mind body split for such a long time. Like oh, I think with my brain, which is this, and we we forget that our brain is actually even part of our body, right? mm. and and we we treat ourselves like these sort of floating heads. And, and the body is kind of like this inconvenient, stupid vehicle for carrying us around. But in fact, the body is incredibly intelligent and, and astute and aware and, and able to process information at a, a very high level of complexity and sophistication. So your body will always outsmart you. It's way smarter than your brain. And so, uh, you know, We, we typically overestimate our ability to think and decide and reason and, and be willful. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I think that, you know, as you said, once you acknowledge and accept and allow your reality, then life actually paradoxically gets a lot easier because, and the analogy I, I always use is like a car seatbelt, right? Like you acknowledge that you can't stop yourself in a moving car, so you mm-hmm. wear a seatbelt. Um, and so, you know, if you know you're going to be tired, you're like, okay, look, I know I'm going to be an idiot when I'm tired. So, what can I do to keep myself safe? Um, and f- I mean, what, just it can be simple things like environmental cues, like getting stuff out of the house. I set a ton of reminders on my phone because um, there were often common times when I would do dumb things, right? So, you know, every Friday at 4 p.m., I had a little reminder saying, hey, remember, it's Friday night. You tend to let your hair down on Friday night. Just, you know, mm-hmm. saying, right? Um, and it was funny because every <laughs> Friday night I would do it and every Friday I would forget that I did it, right? And then on, you know, um, on Saturday morning with my food hangover, I'd be like, damn it, <laughs> You do this every week. Why can't you remember, right? Well, but, it, yeah, um, yeah. but our brains also hide things from us, right? And so it's not just that we aren't aware of things; it's that our brains are often invested in consciously concealing things from us. Whether that's just you know information it doesn't think we need to know, or or things that are actually painful and distressing, right? I mean, a lot of the reason that we perhaps engage in coping mechanisms is because we would really rather not deal with the other stuff that we're avoiding.
0: Absolutely. And that's something that I was, uh, that was literally the next thing I was going to jump into. Um, just, just backtracking a little bit, one of the things that, that I allowed myself, and this is particular to me, I'm not recommending this. And people that have listened to this show know that I basically have no... Uh, reaction to caffeine. Okay, so don't take this as a, you know, cross the board statement. But you know, I allowed myself on those days when I'm really tired. Those days when um, I may have put my guard down and will make those bad food choices. I say, all right, you know, if you want an extra energy drink during that day or an extra cup of cu- uh, cup or two of coffee, go for it because that is going to be a better uh, avenue to go down than you know potentially like making that uh you know bad trip to the the grocery store or something like that or ordering uh you know that pizza or something like that like this was a compromise that has worked uh really well for me because I always thought like all right well I need to limit my caffeine intake to and I should I should be better at this but it it is the lesser of two evils is kind of the way that I looked at it and it's you know, it's black coffee. It's not like I'm drinking 14. Well, maybe there's one Rockstar recovery in there, but it's not a bunch of them, right? So uh, that is something like, I don't know. It, it, are, are compromises good to make, or is that just like another kind of like game plan thing that people would have in place? It's not a no. great game plan, but.
1: No, I I actually think you're bringing up a really important point, which is that people tend to think in all or nothing, like either it's this way or it's it's that way. That's 100% me. That's me. Yeah. And then that's everyone or most people, right? Um, And really what we want to get people doing is thinking much more in shades of gray and much more in continuums and much more flexibly, right? So instead of like, it's only bad or it's only good to say, look, you have a range of options here what's a compromise? What is on the continuum? What's a little bit better? What's a lot better? What's a little bit worse? What's a lot worse? And so it's a lot of it is helping people contextualize and sort of look at the big picture and say, okay, like what's my wiggle room here? If I wanted to make things, I always say like a notch, if you wanted to move a notch along the continuum, how would you go? Like if you wanted to make your eating a teeny bit better, Mm -hmm. Where would you go? Or a teeny bit worse? I mean, because sometimes um, we tend to lose perspective on how bad or good, quote unquote, we actually are. Um, I was meeting with my coach yesterday and I was like, you know, am I making good enough progress? Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he said, like, okay, you're 42 years old. You're a, a super healthy body fat. You're like training 15 hours a week. You don't <laughs> drink. You don't smoke. You get nine hours of sleep every day. Like, just shut up, right? I know, right, yeah. <laughs> but, but we lose that perspective about ourselves and about our choices. And so one of the thought experiments I actually love is what would be the absolute worst choice I could make in this situation? Like, what would be a, a, just a terrible life-destroying choice I could make here? Mm-hmm. And really, like, you know, it could be, I don't know, drinking antifreeze or eating a ball of steel wool or something like that would be the worst dietary choice. And then what would be the best choice? Oh, I don't know. It would be eating organic kale that was sung to by angels or something like that. And then, you know, where does my choice live? And that really helps you get perspective because, yeah, it's not this magical, amazing candy land of stuff, so to speak, but it's really often very far from terrible. Um, and because, you know, when people are all or nothing thinkers, they don't really focus on the all. They usually focus on the nothing, right? Yeah, Their yeah. lives are full of nothing, <laughs> nothing choices where everything is terrible and awful and crappy. Um, so I definitely think compromise, continuum. I mean, that's... That's how grown- ups think um, and and I think cultivating a mature adult perspective that can tolerate complexity, um, contradiction richness I mean that's that's really the goal and to be able to tolerate exceptions like I eat this way unless I don't right mm-hmm. I always choose this except when I don't um, eat. That's a grown-up perspective. That's life as it is. That's reality as it is. And so um, I I actually love that you put this into place for yourself because it was like, okay, here's what I need to be successful. I will, you know, if I get X numbers of of coffee, I'm not going to do all the other stuff I don't want to do. Perfect. To me, that's a win-win.
0: What an episode so far with Chris and Scott Dixon. And speaking of people that are just doing incredible things, I want to talk to you guys about pedestal footwear because they've just really, really stepped it up. And what we just didn't know, it's like it's like when Apple made us an iPod. We didn't know we really wanted it until it came out. Same thing with like an iPad. And now Pedestool is doing the same thing with the incredible footwear that they put together. It's like a hybrid between a really great sock and just really fantastic shoes. But you get the benefits that you want from both without the negatives. Okay, so we get a great sock that has grippiness on the bottom so we can still do some lateral training and we can, you know, have real good solid foot contact with the ground. You're doing kettlebell swings, so you're going to want that. Also, these things are silver treated. So you're, they're not going to smell after a couple sessions. Like they recommend washing them every 3 to 4 sessions. That way you can buy two pairs today, get free shipping, and then you're set for a whole weeks of training. Wash those things on Sunday, Take the day off, go to the beach, and then when you go and train on Monday, you're gonna be good to go. And you're gonna have a second pair in the tank on deck ready on Thursday. And that's what people have been telling me. Like people have been going and checking out pedestalfootwear.com and ordering a couple pairs, and they're just, I'm not going back. And I know if you haven't already, I've been talking about these guys for a couple weeks now. I wouldn't be talking about them if they weren't an incredible company and they had an incredible product. Go check them out at pedestalfootwear.com, order two pairs. Get free shipping and then try them out for yourself. Seriously, try them out and let me know what you think. Just shoot me a, like a thing on Twitter, or on Facebook, Kevin at the Kevin at Let me know what you think of the socks. They're just incredible. So thank you so much to everyone out there for checking them out. Let's get back to the show with Chris and Scott Dixon. Yeah. And I never really thought about like, we um, we've maybe talked in the past, whether it be on the show or in those calls is like, you know, you make comparisons, like if you're in the fitness industry, you kind of like tend to make comparisons with, you know, other people in the fitness industry, like the superhero looking folks that, you know, are, you know, uh, always have, you know, pictures on Instagram or or Facebook or whatever, stuff like that, which um, I think I I never really thought about this, but I, I started thinking about it over the last like week or so is like, maybe that's It's not just people that are in the fitness industry, but the fitness audience as well. They kind of see that as like, that's where I should be, Um, which I never really thought of before because I was being a little selfish. But um, that is maybe not something that is maybe it's like realistic, but it's, it's something that people need to keep in perspective. Like that's not necessarily where you have to go.
1: Uh, nor is it where you should go, really. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think if you're someone who has ever done that extreme level of achievement, right? Like you, If you've ever dieted down for a competition or a photo mm-hmm. shoot, or if you've ever performed at the elite international level of athletic competition, you know you don't want to live there. Like, mm-hmm. ask anyone who's made it to single-digit body fat like, and, and had to work on it. Uh what it's like it sucks it's it just it, 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 your whole life revolves around it right so mm-hmm. so even if people have achieved it, so first of all, very few people will be able to, but even for people who have, if you ask them, they'll say like there's no way I would want to live the next fifty years like this. This is a terrible way to live. I have to sacrifice a job relationships, like everything in my life revolves around achieving this goal. Mm-hmm. And that's not sane, that's not healthy. And I think one of the major critiques of the fitness industry that I have is we, we have uh, images that are not only unrealistic, but kind of actively damaging. And, I, and yeah. I'm not saying anything new, but like basically we celebrate insanity. right? Like we celebrate people who are pathologically obsessively devoted to an all-encompassing goal to the exclusion mm. of everything else. And, you know, if I think about what, what I want fitness to be, I want fitness to be the capacity to have an awesome life. And hovering over a Tupperware container <laughs> does not meet my definition of living an awesome life, mm. right? Uh, being strong and, and having the level of health and, and mobility that lets me do whatever I want to do, that's an awesome life.
0: I almost think like strength should be priority number 1 because on, like no matter what if you are stronger your life will be easier if you're stronger and pain free everything in life is easier you can move you can help your friends move you can i mean you can if you if if you really want to you can help your friends move or like you need <laughs> to you know move something in your house or if you need to go climb a mountain or something like that like that's stuff that is all easier to do if you are just stronger so focus on getting stronger Maybe as this is just like me talking out of my butt, I didn't really think about this before I said it, but like I think just having more strength in your life, like focusing on that will make you happier and healthier and literally like it just makes your life easier because you can do things sometimes without even needing help. You can just do it by yourself.
1: Well, and I would almost even regress that a little bit, like beyond strength, to, to call it movement competence or movement literacy. You know, totally, if you yeah. if you move well and you can execute movements with enough power and and confidence, um, then then the world is really your oyster. And especially if you can devote those efforts to like meaningful life goals. Right. So yeah, yeah, you can help your friends move. And maybe it's not even about helping your friends move. It's about building those social connections. Exactly. I was was kind of being a sarcastic butthead when I was. No, no, but I, but I totally get it. Right. It's like about achieving these desired life goals. And Mm -hmm. I always think of privilege as, as for me, my definition of privilege is not having to think about stuff. And I think if you're someone who's ever experienced, you know, a movement limitation or chronic pain or, you know, obesity that restricts your movements or whatever, um, you know, that life is pretty crummy in certain ways if you don't move well or confidently. Um, and so for me, like having movement competence and strength and all those, the ability to do is an incredible privilege that just opens so many doors. Um, and as well as sanity, like san- san- sanity is terrific. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so if you're someone who's in fitness and, you know, it's really worth asking yourself, is what I'm trying to do sane or insane? And if it's insane, is it kind of like in the service of something valuable, right? Like, I, I mean, I think a lot of what we do is probably <laughs> technically a little insane, mm-hmm. but you know, if it's in the service of something else. Uh you know maybe we can say well you know what I I was the only one who thought I could break this skiing world record so I kind of went for it. I knew it was a little crazy but I went for it. That's cool. That's that's insane but it's a good kind of insane, right? But yeah. again like organizing your life around meal times and workout times and what your body fat level is for decades that's insane.
0: Yeah and I I, I kind of going back to like the all or nothing thing like those were a big test for me like going to Chicago and like being able to go to um Pizzeria Due, Uno's was full. So we went to Due. Man, Siri just turned on. Um, But yeah, so we went to the other place down the street. If you know Chicago pizza, you know it's like the best. It is, it's what Chicago pizza is or whatever. But um, being able to like go in there and have not, you know, just have a couple slices of pizza and say, that's okay. Like, that's it. I'm done and not think okay, the night's over or the weekend is, is a wash because I had pizza. Oh my God. Um, and you know, just be okay to, you know, get to the gym in the morning before going to the conference and get right back on track. Like it's a really good, it was a really good test and a good exercise for me. And it's like, wow, look at, I get to have, I get to, you know, exercise my nutrition practices by having some pizza. Yeah. Um, but it was successful. So that was, that was even better. Like that almost, uh, being able to be okay without all or nothing was was really big for me in the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, and I love the way you talk about it too, right? It really is about expanding your sense of what's possible And that always feels so great. Um, You know, at the elite levels of achievement, we have to restrict ourselves. We have to Mm -hmm. focus on very narrow goals and and be very, you know, focused on that one little pinpoint. But I think for most people, like 98% of people, the goal is to expand your life, to expand your possibilities, to expand your sense of what's available to you Mm because that feels amazing when you kind of, and I think you and I have talked about this actually, like that sense of like a door opens and you're like, Oh my God, I didn't realize that this was behind this door. This is awesome. And behind this door, there are three more doors and it'll be cool to see, you know, when I open them, what my world looks like after that.
0: Wow. We're getting close to an hour already. Um, but I, I mean, the thing that I kind of wanted to kind of not necessarily wrap up on but make sure this comes full circle is like with a lot of the stuff that that we've been working on with myself and and i'm sure this is going to be the same for for other people but um like going you know layer after layer and, and digging deeper and deeper and deeper um and you know you guys Geez, we've done almost 400 episodes of this stuff. You guys kind of know more about me than even like my family members do, but um like for for real, like this has been an opportunity for me to kind of like figure out what is really important, like what is actually going on with all this stuff. And like I think for for a lot of people like, you know, stuff like this was really just a distraction from dealing with stuff that I didn't necessarily want to to deal with uh, at the time. And that's probably a very common thing for, for people. But, um, that was really important for me to discover myself and not just have someone tell me that. Uh, and I think that's why all this stuff has been really, really effective with the work that, that, uh, you've been helping me out on is like, it, it's forced me to discover this stuff for myself. And it wasn't just like, you know, all right, well, you know, this is going to be a low carb day. Um, so you're going to, you know, do this, this and this, and then tomorrow's going to be a high carb day. Like, uh, like this allowed me to kind of really... Discover this stuff for myself because it's like those, it's like the people that are really good um, negotiators and stuff like that are business people. Like they're the ones that almost like make you think like it was your idea. Uh, um, (laughs) And like that is what this has allowed me to do. So I think that is, that's been incredibly uh, valuable for me. And I think everyone out there, if you do feel like, man, this is something that I should probably uh, look at or, or work on. Um, you, you should be considering this stuff and don't be afraid to make the investment in yourself. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to say like address it, but, you know, don't be afraid to, to, to kind of work on this. So, um, I mean, does that make sense? Am I rambling again?
1: No, I think one, I mean, you're saying a lot of great things here. And One piece I just wanted to pick up on is the value of direct experience and experimentation. And so like a lot of the method that we use at Precision Nutrition that I use is, is actually going and experiencing something. So here's a thing, go and try it, see what happens, write down what you notice, take some notes, whatever. Um, cause that is really the only truly transformative thing. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure if you're listening, you can think of times in your life when you've had experiences that transformed you in some way, whether that's how you think or what you believe or whatever. Um, and of course, you know, physical transformation can only come through experience and, and action. Right. And so, um, really embedded in what you're saying is that value of actually going and trying to do something to either have a particular kind of experience, um, or to experiment with a way of doing things. Uh, and then to iterate Uh, like there's, you can read about it all you want. You can learn about it all you want, but until you feel it and go through it, uh, you don't have it, I would say.
0: Yeah, this is uh, I mean, I think that's the perfect place to, to kind of, uh, to kind of end things. And, and maybe we'll, I'm sure we'll come back to this later down the road, uh, in the future. Uh, but I know you are going to be doing some traveling yourself. You're going to the United Kingdom, which hopefully is, is, I think it's still there.
1: <laughs> may or may not be on fire by the time I arrive.
0: Oh, that would be, a, that'd be a blast. You get to join in on like free riots that really don't affect you. It just affects someone else's country.
1: Right. Well, I'm very excited about the fact that the pound is dropping relative to the Canadian dollar. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of all about how this benefits me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I found uh 5,000 yen, uh, in my, I was cleaning my apartment yesterday. I found 5,000 yen and the yen has gone up like 20%. It's the best financial investment I've ever made in my life. It's just <laughs> forgetting for I had that yen there. So now it's actually worth 20% more than when I left the country a couple months ago, which is, which is good to know. Um, so I, I want to ask you, like, if there are people listening to this, um, you know, if people do want to uh, apply for, for, for PN coaching and, and things like that, do you guys do that in, in cycles where people can sign up? Or is there always kind of like an ongoing registration for people to, to get coached by PN coaches?
1: Well, we have a couple of different things that a couple of different ways that people can interact with us. And so one mm-hmm. of them is the most straight up obvious one where people can get coached by us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we launch twice a year. So we launch in January and we launch in July. And so uh, we're talking on July 6th. And so we were kind of right in the middle of a, a coaching program launch. And so the, the program is a year long, but we, we open it up to registration every six months. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've just launched another product, which is kind of cool that PN certified coaches can use in yes. their own practice. Yes. Yeah. Which is this thing we call, we call it Procoach, which mm-hmm. is, the curriculum of the PN coaching program that a, someone who's PN certified can take and use in their own practice because, you know, there's only so many of us, right? Mm-hmm. There's only so many people that we can enroll. And, and what if we, you know, someone needs help in March or October, right? Um, and so that's really cool. So what it means is that now there can be, well, at this point, 1,600 PN certified people out there that have bought pro coach, um, mm-hmm. and can be using it with their clients. So it's the same curriculum. It's the same, everything, um, just administered by different people. And the thing I like about that too, is that, you know, it could be your fitness trainer. So you could have someone advising you on exercise and doing things properly at the same time as helping you get through the PN coaching program. So it's kind of a, a cool win win for everyone. Um, so that those are sort of two ways that people can interact with, you know, what we do and how we coach.
0: Yeah, I think like that is definitely a huge, uh, like a huge leap forward uh, for people out there. That that you know, it, it's another reason to go get certified uh, next time the the enrollments come up. Like, make sure that you get in on those because there's always limited spots. And it's like a limited time for the, for the sign up for all that. Um, but yeah, I've been hearing nothing but, but great things about that. So if you are uh, PN certified, make sure that you get in on that. And if you're not PN certified, I really recommend that you go and get signed up next time. Do you know when the next enrollment is going to be for, for uh, the certifications?
1: Probably September. So September okay. 2016. Yeah, Usually it's like spring and fall.
0: Okay. Well, here, do this. Save up some cash. It's not, uh, it's not um, coming up every like, single month. Make sure that you get in on September. Otherwise you're gonna be waiting again to to get going. So don't run into it and come into the September. You know, you don't don't go on like a 15-week trip for the summer. Just go on like a two-week trip and come back with some extra cash, get PN certified, and be good to go. Sorry, I can't help but promote this stuff because like it is something that we believe in so much. A bunch of our coaches at uh, MBSC have been certified. It's something that, you know, we encourage a lot of people that get certified through CFSC uh, to get uh, certified through Precision Nutrition as well. Um, it's just an unbelievable program and a platform. And you guys continue to to set the standards for uh, you know, nutrition and, and coaching in this industry. So uh, don't go on vacation too long because I want you to keep doing that.
1: Yeah. And you need to get our new textbook, which is, I've just been reviewing the proofs, which is super exciting. So it's really amazing to see it coming together and it looks so good. I mean, our designer is terrific and it looks beautiful and it, there's like a cool workbook. I mean, I don't know. I almost feel like I want to go through it myself just just to have the experience. (laughs) Right. Cause I don't know. It's just, it's very, very exciting to see like what a team of very committed people can do who are really devoted to, you know, just making resources available to coaches, to learn, Like my focus is always on helping people learn. Mm. Um, and I think that's maybe a piece sometimes missing in the industry to like to think about how how can you help people learn? Like right. How can you how can you organize instruction and education for them? So I'm pretty stoked about that. I am again, I'm obviously completely biased. But I do think that our new textbook is going to be really terrific. And it comes with all these amazing resources and, you know, worksheets and just handouts for your clients, just everything. It's just I don't know. It's awesome.
0: Well, go do it. Keep an eye out for for that, and go to uh, precisionnutrition. dot uh, And uh, there, you can get some more information. And you know, you can follow them on Twitter, on on Facebook, Instagram, even even Pinterest. Um, that's something that that went by me. But you know, Pinterest is something that people also use. So you can uh, follow PN on all those different services. And um, you've been you've been doing pretty good on on the Facebook stuff lately. I must say, Krista, you've been you've been getting some stuff out there twitter you know we can we can do some work on that (laughs) um but uh, i'm just trying to trying to you know keep the the great stuff going because you've actually been posting some incredible stuff like great uh posts that i've been uh like kind of like reading every single day so that's been more or less my one-stop shop for for great uh just great information um so continue to do that can people follow you on facebook is that okay
1: yeah, absolutely. Look for Chris to Scott Dixon. I have both a page and then like more of a uh, like a precision nutrition sort of uh, profile. So, you right. know, whichever one floats your boat. The PN1 is more like fitness relevant stuff. So you mm-hmm. can follow that. No problem.
0: Awesome. Uh, well, that is going to do it for for this episode. I want to say uh, again, as we get closer to episode 400, uh, the audience just continues to be absolutely fantastic. And thank you so much for your guys' support. I really hope that uh if you haven't already, you go check out the the Patreon stuff. Really, um, supporting the content being produced uh, means a lot. And every time I get one of those messages saying like, "Oh, you know, so and so has has signed up as a, as a Patreon," like it really it really makes my day, uh, and it really shows that people believe in in what has been produced for the last 10 plus years and hopefully uh that continues to to grow so thank you to everyone out there that has been a patreon supporter or if you're going to sign up you know after this episode uh thank you so much for for joining on and i really appreciate all the support and don't forget to check out our friends at pedestal footwear pedestal they're helping support this show as well so thank you to to them for making badass socks that we can train in so thank you to them and uh Krista, thank you so much for, for taking the time. I feel like we talk uh, a lot, but, you know, I like it every time that we get to chat. I kind of get to dig a little bit deeper. And now we get to share that with the, the thousands of FitCast listeners as well. So thank you for letting me do that.
1: Well, thank you for being brave enough to kind of open the lid on your own process.
0: Yeah, it's a hey, like, I mean, you can go go listen to shows from 10 years ago. There's some embarrassing stuff in there. I'm sure people uh, know again, like people bring up stuff at these perform better summits that I don't even remember saying but <laughs> I, as I must know because they know about it. Otherwise, they hacked my laptop or something like that or hacked my phone. But Um, yeah, seriously, it's, it's, it's all for the benefit of, of the audience and and getting more great information out there. So, uh, again, thank you to, to everyone and we will catch you next week. Take care.